shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Every single spring, that first day that I walk outside and I see that yellow dust all over my truck, I'm like, that is Satan's dandruff. It destroys me. I legitimately can't go outside for longer than three minutes because my eyes get swollen, my eyes get puffy, my nose gets congested, and I just simply can't breathe. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. When I started taking Claritin D about two months ago, I can finally get back outside and play pickleball again, which is what I love to do, but I couldn't do it because my allergies were so bad. Claritin D has legitimately allowed me to go outside again, ready to live life as if you don't have allergies it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Well, 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 what do we have here? Let me tell you what we have here. We've got a couple things here. We've got episode three of Human Hope. I got my hope dealing army coming in here strong. And you got your host, Carlos Enrique or Los for short, coming at you to celebrate all kinds of stuff today. We, um, we're, we're only week, that, look, we're week three. We're three weeks into this bad boy. And 10 days after the very first episode of Human Hope launched. We hit 50,000 downloads. And I just want to say again, I'm going to be thanking you guys the rest of my life. Thank you so, so much. I think for the entirety of any other podcast I've ever had before, I've had like 15,000 total downloads of years and years. You guys are coming in here strong. You're making me want to actually have these conversations because I'm seeing you guys every single week communicating back to me on Instagram, showing me how you're working on empathy, showing me how you're trying to not stand on issues, but walk with people, showing me that you're really trying to be an army of hope dealers. And I, I'm just, again, speechless. This isn't easy. And when I say this isn't easy, I'm, I'm not talking about me recording this. I can talk in a microphone all day long. What's not easy is you guys taking these conversations, applying them to your soul, and then trying to walk out as a more developed, as a more not self-aware, and as humans that are in this thing, not for yourself, but for all of humanity, for the entire planet. And when you do that, you've got to sacrifice things that you want to do. And I'm watching you do it. Last week's episode on empathy. I mean, gosh, these specific DMs that I got on Instagram from you guys that are like, I, I hated that episode. That was the worst podcast I've ever listened to because you were calling me out for all sorts of things. So I apologize, kind of, but I'm also glad that you guys are taking uh, your role as humans 
maybe a little bit more seriously. You know, and I also want to let you know that being a hope dealer, okay, being somebody that want you say you're in this hope dealing army with me, that does not mean being a hope dealer doesn't mean that you're always positive, right? Like, like I'm not just Mr. Sunshine. Like I'm not crap and sunshine on a daily basis. Like I'm human. I feel pain. I feel trauma. I feel anger. I feel righteous anger. Anger is not a bad thing. And I feel it sometimes, I think in a righteous way. And so I don't want you to confuse being a hope dealer with being somebody that is just always positive because that's not the goal here. The goal here isn't to, we're going to talk about some things that are going to make you uncomfortable. I'm going to have some guests on this show that you are going to vehemently disagree with. But again, remember, we're listening to understand. And that's the whole point here. I'm going to have people that that disagree with me. I disagree with politically. I'm going to have people that I vehemently di- disagree with politically. There may be some righteous anger that rises up in me. I just don't want you guys to confuse being a hope dealer with being like a sunshine spitter. Like that's not what we're doing. We ain't out here just spitting sunshine like sunflower seeds. That's not what we're doing. We're trying to continue to develop hope in everyone that's listening, which means sometimes hope is can only be brought through when you're walking through a difficult conversation. And so just know that in the middle of some conversations that are coming in the next few weeks, because there's going to be some that some of you guys are, I mean, one of you guys even told me last week that you, you stopped listening to the podcast four minutes in and you're like, man, I'm out. I'm bouncing. I got to go listen to something that I agree with because you weren't agreeing with some of the things I was saying, but then you said you came back and by the end of it, you felt good because you'd taken one step farther, maybe towards empathy than you ever had before. And that's all I'm asking you to do is to get uncomfortable. You know, I, I like to say it this way. I feel like it is my, my calling to disturb and disrupt for the sake of people seeing things fresh again. You see, disturbing, disrupting for the sake of bothering people is just being a shock jock. And like, I'm not into that. You know, I think in my 30s, I was into that. I'm like, I just want eyes on me. So I'm gonna be a shock jock. I'm gonna say shocking things. No, no, that's not the case anymore. I want to disturb and disrupt people's rhythms and flows for the sake of them seeing something fresh. And at the end of the day, if you see something fresh and it moves you a little bit, one way or the other, it doesn't matter. That's what I'm after. So that's why we're doing Human Hope, okay? That's why we're at it. That's why sometimes we're gonna have difficult conversations. Sometimes we're gonna have fun conversations. There's been a lot that's happened since last Thursday. We've we've had the the, the anniversary of Breonna Taylor's death. And, you know, let me tell you, the, the anniversary of her death was was heavy for me. It was heavier for me than I think I thought it was going to be. It happened a year ago last week. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of us didn't even know about that till the summer because of, of how the media covered it. Nobody covered it when it happened. It was a very reflective day for me. I was, I've actually been out of town since you heard this podcast last week. Since I recorded it two days before that, I've been in LA. Uh, and then I went to Florida, to Miami, Florida. Then I went to Tampa, Florida. Now I am in Seattle, Washington. And I've been lugging this freaking mic around everywhere. I'm exhausted from just pulling my suitcases. Stuff's so heavy. Somebody needs to help me get a lighter podcast rate. But I felt the weight of Brianna Taylor in a way that I didn't expect. And you know, what I loved is, is when I posted, there's a lot of new people that have come, you know, shown up on my Instagram it is exhausting to unearth and help educate people on a daily basis as to why I feel like justice hasn't been served in that, in that case. And again, I try to do it 
with hope. I try to bring everybody to a hopeful place. But I, I tell you that story because th- there was a moment in a DM with somebody, I've apologized since, where I lost it. Like, like they were just, they would not see it. They could not see it the way I was seeing it. And, and I lost it. And I was unhelpful in moving them towards hope. But I need you to know it's because I'm human. And that's why this is called human hope. Because sometimes I got the hope. Sometimes I don't have the hope. And I need you to have the hope. And it's been, it's been a tough week. Um, but what lifted my soul was the fact that 50,000 people have listened to these two episodes of Human Hope. And I'm just so, so grateful. I want to talk for a second about, uh, you guys know I'm a big Bachelor fan. You guys know, I mean, you may not know this, but I've watched every single season for like 20 years of The Bachelor. And this season was obviously a little bit different. There was kind of different drama that was coming out of it. You know, I would say the season in and of itself wasn't necessarily dramatic, uh, like the content of the actual show, but everything that surrounded it was. And, you know, we had the first Black Bachelor, and then we have, and I'll call her my friend now. We've had enough conversations, and I actually know her well enough. I'm going to call Rachel my friend. We've got Rachel, who had some images come up from her at a antebellum-themed party. And she, and I think she would say deservedly so, was put on a platform of scrutiny. Now, little did I know that during that time, I didn't know how much she was using my platform to learn about, about racism and about race. I don't, I don't know when, again, I don't know how the bachelor's filmed. So like, I don't know when she started following me, but she actually listed me first on her apology post as an account that she's learning about all things race from. And I totally appreciate that. And that spurred a lot of conversations with her. And I've watched her in the last few months do the work I've watched, I've watched her do it. Now, people want to know my my take on, you know, Matt and Rachel. And, you know, what do you think? Like, he broke up with her. Do you think he broke up with her because he thinks she's racist? Do you think that, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know their relationship. I don't know him. I don't know. I don't I don't know his thoughts towards her. All I know about her thoughts towards him is what I've heard and, and what you guys heard on the finale. But this is what I do know, okay? And this is, again, this is my take. This is Carlos's take. This is what I feel like we need to be doing. It is... I feel I have been called. Now, again, this is me. This is my my calling, not everyone else's. This is mine. Not Matt James's calling. Not my friend Sean King's calling. Not a lot of my black male friends calling. This is not their calling. Okay, so I, I need this to be clear. I'm not expecting every black man in America to have the same calling I have towards my white friends and my white followers and the white community that I speak to on a daily basis. This is me. I, I can't even fathom if I was dating somebody and found out that they may have had a past where not only were they racially insensitive, but what does that mean? How much more? Where, where else may this have played out? Like, I, I, can't, I can't speak for Matt. I can't speak for the pain he felt. It's true and it's real. And so he did what he needed to do. So I'm not, I'm not even speaking about him. I need, I need that to be heard. But I do know this about me. I want to say it even this way, and this may help some of you guys. I feel like it's my calling in situations like this to humanize the issue, not to demonize the human. Okay, can I say that again? Humanize the issue, don't demonize the human. And that's hard to do. And so it almost feels impossible to do. But what does that calling mean for me? Well, the, the calling means for me when somebody asks me about Rachel 
and about what do I think about her apology and all these things. I'm like, I don't, I'm proud of her because she's doing the work and I'm proud of her because I'm watching her do the work and I know her. So therefore she's not an issue, right? She, she's a human. And so like, I'm not going to demonize the human. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to humanize the issue. So if the issue is what she did in a photo a few years ago, my goal now is, is to humanize it, which is to, however I can help her walk with her towards being a better human. And the only way I know to do that is to walk closely with people. Now, what does that mean? That means, listen, if Donald Trump walked through my door, y'all know how I feel about that man. Maybe you don't know how I feel about that man. I'm not a big fan. Okay. But if he were to walk through the door and I had the opportunity to say something to him, what I would not do is point my finger at him and call him a racist. What I would not do is point my finger at him and tell him all the horrible things he has done that has made my life a living hell as a black man in America for the last four years. We can get into what some of those things are later, but I would not, I would not go in. I would not berate him. Why? Well, because what I said, I'm here to humanize the issues, not demonize the human. So if I'm not here to demonize the human, if he came in here, guess what? I would actually build relationship with him. I would find common themes that that we could build on in order to form a relationship. So once the relationship is formed, I can begin to walk with him towards what I hope would be some sort of healing. That and and that that's what I feel called to do. Does that mean every single person listening to this podcast right now needs to be called to the same thing? No, it actually doesn't. I actually don't think that everyone is actually built with that capacity, but I am. And so therefore, if you're looking for my opinion on somebody that has done something heinous in your eyes, I, I may be the wrong person for you to get any sort of uh, any sort of validation towards what may be righteous anger. Because I think people are always going to be with uncomfortable with how much I'm rooting for the underdog, for how much I'm rooting for the person that everybody else isn't rooting for. And so I don't know, Matt, but I know Rachel. And so guess what I'm doing? I'm rooting for her. And my role, I feel like, on God's green earth is to lift, lift people way past that. Okay, you're past that. Now let's keep going. Let me keep lifting you. Let me keep lifting you. And I feel if more people can get on that side of the, of the idea, that side of um, how to fight injustices, then, then let's go. Then let's go. So uh, that's a whole other problem. I, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting way deeper than I wanted to. I apologize. We, we need to be into the interview now, but I just want to let you, I, I think I wanted to give you guys the, the statement, humanize the issues, don't demonize the humans. And actually our guest today is the picture of what this is, the picture of what this is. Danica McKellar, Winnie freaking Cooper. <laughs> Guys, you don't even know. You don't even know. Listen, seventh grade Carlos, when I saw that she had followed me on Instagram last year, I lost my mind. Like, there's not a lot of people, okay? Like, I don't get, like, celebrified. Like, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. I don't. Listen, I just, I just don't. But when, they're, when, when, when it comes to, like, my childhood, right, there's just something magical about that season of being a preteen, late elementary school, watching The Wonder Years every single week. Keep, look, I mean, looking at freaking Fred Savage, like, bro, you're ruining it. Like, you, you, you've got Winnie freaking Cooper. Like, why are you trying to screw this up? 
And, you know, what I love is that Winnie Cooper became Danica McKellar to me, who became just Danica and her husband, Scott, and herself had become dear friends. Uh, We now share meals together and we talk all the time. And I'm a huge fan of everything she stands for. If there's ever been a person that doesn't stand on issues, but they walk with people she is the one to be learning from. So we're going to dive into an incredible conversation with Danica. We're going to talk about her heart for um, fighting human trafficking. We're going to talk about her heart for helping people find joy. Um, and, and really just, I'm just going to gush over what an incredible, hopeful human that she is. So whether or not you're a fan of the Wonder Years or all of her math books, she is Uh, She's just one of the greatest humans I know. I'm telling you what, you're going to get so much good stuff out of this conversation. So without further ado, here's my conversation with the wonderful Danica McKellar. Well, fellow human hope podcast listeners, I'm hanging out with my friend Danica McKellar. Danica is is a friend of mine, but she's so far away. She may be the farthest away from me of any friend that I have right now. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Danica, tell everybody where you're at. I'm in Vancouver. You're in Vancouver. Vancouver. British Club. What, yeah. what are you doing in Vancouver? I am shooting a Hallmark Channel movie. Actually, it's Hallmark Movies Mysteries Channel. Oh. Uh, it's called Matchmaker Mysteries. It's the third Matchmaker Mysteries movie that we've done. Okay. And they're super fun because I get to solve a murder mystery. Yes. Now, now, <laughs> now, like when I think of murder mystery, like I'm thinking of, I mean, listen, this is going to date me, but I'm, I think of like Murder, She Wrote. Like I think of like, you know, the 80s and uh, like when, when you read the script for these things, like are you... You know, are you into that kind of stuff yourself to watch, or is it just something that you like to play the role? Well, it's there. It's like solving a puzzle, and as you know, I love mathematics, and yeah. so there's there's a lot of puzzle solving going on there too. Uh, yeah, it's I, I love this. It's it's a combination of acting, yep. which I love, yep. and also solving puzzles. Yeah, yeah, and so which is which are two things that you love to do. Um, let's let's just for the people that are hanging out with us on here. I want to rewind to when we we first got to know each other, um, and it was yes. it was over something that uh, I I feel like a lot of people found hope in. Uh, I feel like a lot of people saw uh, this video that went viral with me and my neighbor across the street. Tell us a little bit about maybe how you found that, and then kind of our connection. I don't remember how I came across it, but I came across your on Instagram your video about your neighbor who painted one of his little white bunnies black. Yes. And it was just so sweet and hopeful and beautiful the way you shared the story. I immediately followed you on Instagram and just started watching all of your stuff. And it was during a time this summer, um, well, the spring, I guess, yeah, and, and this early summer where things were so tumultuous. And I had so many questions for myself about, I'm like, well, I'm white and now I'm I'm feeling guilty for being white and like, wait a minute. And I think I'm a good person. I'm pretty sure I'm a good person, <laughs> but I'm not sure because I'm being told that I'm not a good person, even if I think I'm a good person. Right. And this person who is half black is telling me that maybe I'm a good person. I'm like, ah, ah, wait, <laughs> like, I was so, I was just, I felt panic. Like yeah. this may, I, I just, I, I thought, am I, like, am I anti-racist? Like, am I, right. and I, and I, um, I just had a lot of questions and a lot of confusions and a lot of fear, yeah. you know, in the midst of all the, the, the COVID stuff, also being afraid that I didn't, that I wasn't as good a person as I thought I was. And I was really genuinely confused because I wanted to be open to the idea that there was stuff I, 
really didn't know. Yeah. Like I was truly ignorant. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, but this feels like there's a push for um, making people just, I, I just felt like there's a lot of negativity around it that wasn't being, that wasn't useful. And I found your stuff so useful and so um, not just hopeful, but I felt like I felt productive watching your videos about this topic. And I felt, it just felt like reasonable sure. and, and full of love and hope. And, and, and you were a person who loved people giving these messages, not somebody who wanted people to feel bad, you know, and, and that just really struck me. And I, and I just became your biggest fan uh, ever. Whatever. And I just then loved everything you posted. And then you started doing the gibberish videos, which just made me love you even more. Like, oh my God, gibberish. That's so cool. That's how I discovered the gibberish app, whatever that was. <laughs> that was so funny. And, uh, I love it. No, I, I appreciate it. You know, and um, it's it's funny. So a lot of people that, that will be listening to this podcast will know you from the Wonder Years. We'll know you from that season of life. And actually today, it was funny as right before I, I opened my laptop, I looked up on your Instagram and it was, yeah, I think, I think you posted this today. Yeah. Three hours ago, it said, I did. amazing to think that exactly 33 years ago today, January 31st, 1988, the Wonder Years premiered yeah. for the first time ever. Talk to us a little bit about how um, how, how that show. I mean, what did I mean? Because how old were you when you were filming that? I was I was I was four. <laughs> no, I was uh, <laughs> I was twelve. Yeah, you were twelve, and so so I mean, th these are formulative years uh, of your life. I mean, was it a good experience? Like, g give us a little peek behind the the yes. the curtain. It was a good experience. And because um, my family was so, you know, the priorities were family first, not showbiz first. And in fact, my my sister and I both acted when we were young and my mom had a rule and that was we never auditioned for series regulars and we never auditioned for any project that would take us out of town and no okay. feature films, nothing that would be big or time consuming. Yeah. And the role of Winnie Cooper was supposed to just be a guest role on the first episode. And that's why I auditioned for it. Otherwise, really? I, I wouldn't yeah. Uh, and then four days into shooting the pilot, the producers came up to my mom and said, hey, we really think that Danica and Fred have a really cool chemistry. We want to offer her a series regular part, which was a complete surprise because originally the end narration after the first kiss yeah. said that was our first kiss and our last kiss together. Wow. And they changed it. And I remember watching the pilot and, and hearing that the dialogue had changed. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait. <laughs> it was a very exciting, very exciting. When my mom, when we got the offer, my, my mom said, look, I don't know. We don't want to do series regulars. You'd be locked in for six, seven years, yeah. potentially. And I was like, please, please, please. <laughs> and at that point, she had gotten to know the other parents, the other moms on set, Joanne Savage, Jane Saviano, okay. Marsha Herbie. They were all really down-to-earth moms. They weren't that typical stage mom yeah. thing that you hear about. They were all nine and a half hours. They were pulling their kids, no matter what the producer said. They weren't afraid of standing up for their kids. My mom said, you know what? This is the only type of scenario that I that I feel comfortable with, and she got us uh, she got me a lawyer, this great entertainment lawyer, super expensive <laughs> entertainment who who like works the contracts. So there'd be like a loophole, yeah. so we could get. She's like, anytime you want to stop this series, you just say the word, and that's and amazing. But, uh, yeah, I love it. I didn't want to. Stop and you were there for the whole the whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I mean, the, sure. the the whole thing. You know, there there the one of the things that I love that you do is not, you're not only just passionate about, um, you know, about acting about, you know, cause, cause acting is, is a gift. It's a gift that you give us. It's a gift that, that people get to kind of escape from their reality. And so, and so 
one of the things that you're really passionate about is fighting human trafficking, fighting um, really hard against that. And that's something I didn't know that you were passionate about. That's something when I started following you, I didn't know you were passionate about. And it just, it gave me such hope that that you're using your platform uh, for good. Talk to us about when that started to bubble up in your soul uh, and when you decided, you know what, this isn't something that I'm just going to like donate a little money to, but this is something that I'm going to put as my mantle. Yeah. Um, so probably when you and I started following each other, I wasn't yet. Okay. Um, this started bubbling up in my soul in June. Okay. Yeah. It was June. Uh, and it was really, so backing up for a moment, I've been, I've been passionate about kids for a very long time. Yeah. And as some, some of your listeners might know, I actually write math books for kids to help kids not be afraid of math. Um, and so, and also in particular, like middle school girls to not, to not be afraid of embracing their smarts, to yeah. be savvy, to be smart and savvy and to be your best self through embracing your brain and not dumbing yourself down yeah. and all the other stuff that kids go through. Um, so that's been part of the thing I've been work. I've been, I've been doing that for 15 years. Yeah. So I've got 10 math books yeah. now. 10 math books. And then books. that. And even before then, I got involved with an organization called My Stuff Bags okay. for foster kids, where they create these bags of stuff to give kids who are put into the foster system, rescued from abusive homes, and they have nothing of their own. And these bags all have toiletries and a blanket and a stuffed animal and um, age-appropriate book. I've donated thousands of bought thousands and donated thousands of my books for these these bags as well, and donated lots of money for. I mean, since two thousand three. Yeah. Uh, and so I love what they do. And there are a lot of great organizations out there helping foster kids. Just today, I did an Insta story about uh, Dave Thomas Foundation and what they're doing. So kids, that's just a thing for me. And I'm a mom now. I've got a 10-year-old. And then over the summer, I started learning more about child trafficking. Now, there's a lot of um, rumors and, and, and conspiracy theories and stuff that I believe were false uh-huh. yep. <laughs> that were going around this summer. However, it made me wake up to it a little. And I started mm. reading about what's really going on. And I was just stunned to find the, the breadth of the problem here in the United States. Right. I mean, I'm in Canada right now, but here, like you know, everywhere, it's an issue everywhere. And it's child sex trafficking is so horrible to think about that people just stop listening and they, they don't want to hear about it mm. because it's too horrible. Like, oh gosh, some horrible things like that go on probably in some distant countries in Southeast Asia where like, and that is a true shame. Yeah. And they go about their lives, but actually it's happening in your neighborhood and you don't realize it. Girls are taking pictures of themselves being pressured by boys online that who they think are their boyfriends to show a little skin. They take a picture. Now they're being blackmailed. Now they're being blackmailed to go meet their new internet boyfriend wow. in the park. And maybe you hear about them again, or maybe they're convinced to, to, mm. I mean, the, the, the luring and the, 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 the way these girls end up getting lured online and getting fooled online thinking, you know, they're looking for the stuff they're not getting at home. And it's not just girls it happens to boys too. Yeah. They're not getting the, the love and validation uh, at home that they need. And they're looking for it online and they're finding it online. But these predators know exactly what to say to, tr- to trick these girls and to get them, a, give them a, a false sense of security. Yeah. So, so I've, so I've been just learning more and more about this and in the same vein of, me wanting to help girls be smart and savvy about their lives, whether it's mathematics or saving their own skin and not being fooled by these predators yeah. online. There's, I'm, I'm, I've been exploring ways to get involved in prevention programs, and I just had a Zoom yesterday for an hour and a half. Um, and I'm not going to talk about. I don't want to. I don't like to hex things, but sure. I, what I want to create 
is a, I want to create an online program that's free and accessible to everyone, um, not just within school systems, uh, which are starting to, to develop programs. Uh, but I really, um, I feel like I could use my, my name, my voice to get yeah. the word out there, to get parents like, hey, check this out, or even to inspire schools to adopt um, more programs and, and, and things. So we're working on all that kind of stuff. I just know there's a way to help girls and kids just in general be savvier about who they're talking to online and how mm. to protect themselves. And so online, I mean, w- would you say that that is the primary source of kind of American luring of children and young girls into, um, into trafficking? As I understand it, absolutely. Yes. And, and another, of course, um, it's, it's, it's rampant among homeless kids yeah. and um, kids in the foster system who, who choose to run away from their situations, runaways. And that, that's another huge component, but People think that that's all it is, mm. and that's not all it is. Yeah. It's in every demographic, every 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 socioeconomic world strata that you can think of. It's happening because there are kids. There are a lot of parents like this. Mm. Wow. And they're not paying attention to their kids. Wow. And and because of all the stress going on these days, yeah, kids are not getting what they need. They're not getting what they need from their families enough, and they're going to other sources. Wow. And it's, it's interesting, you know, as you know. I did not really grow up with religion mm. in my life. Yeah. I didn't really grow up with a relationship with God. I had grew up with a relationship with um, an unnamed higher power, sure. sort of, sort of nebulous, you know, spirituality and t- absolutely tons of love and yeah. all the rest of it. But I didn't make an organized, it wasn't like an organized uh, institution that I was a part of. Right. But even in a Zoom call that I had yesterday with some um, some educators about creating some sort of program. I'm like, you know, one thing we have to do is give kids an option, Mm. like give them somewhere to go. If they're running away from, they're finding themselves on the streets being trafficked, but it's actually a better situation somehow than when they were home with their stepdad. Yeah. Okay. Let's give them another place to go. Somebody to turn to. Yeah. Somebody who wants to cares. They don't have somebody in their family who cares. Like there's all these, all these, houses of worship all around. And yeah. I just know that there are, there are places, there's gotta be a way to like have community, like a, a, a phone numbers for kids to call or reach out or a website. Like, do you need help? Do you need a, do you need help? Do you need a family? Do you need something and like have a place locally? I don't know. No, I, mean, is, I love that. It's all brand new for me. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, who am I to get involved? <laughs> but you know, like who am I not to get involved? Yeah. That's what I want to say to anybody. Like, if you if you see a problem and you want to help, you don't know how. That's fine. That's a word. But don't think because you don't know because it's not your place. Yeah. It's absolutely your place. You say, "Why me? Why not you? Right? Why not me? Why not me? Get involved and help child trafficking? Why not? I mean, that is- especially if you're driven, you've got your soul is like leading <laughs> you and pulling you in a direction that you feel empathy and you go. For, we need that. Yeah. We need you. Whoever is listening to this right now is listening for a reason. That's right. You're listening to this for a reason. It's not by accident. Whatever that thing is pulling you, that is that is part of your dharma. That's part of your purpose. And and you absolutely belong in the solution. That Listen, you may not have grown up around religion, uh, organized religion or anything, but you just preached a sermon. I was about to start throwing, you know throwing like, amen. And I'm like, Danny, I'm going to st- start running around the room, like waving my handkerchief up and down. That was a word. <laughs> That was so good. You no, know, yeah. I like inspiring people, right? What I yeah. mean, hey, let, let's be inspired. 
Yeah. Well, it comes out yeah. of you. It comes out of you so naturally. So, you know, th- this, this podcast is called the human hope podcast. So like my question to you in this vein is, do you, is, do you have hope? Do you, do you have hope that human trafficking can come to an end? Do you have hope? Uh, or is this something that you're just like, I just don't, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to, you know, get the reins on this thing. What, what, where, where are you finding hope in this whole thing? That's a really good question because these days with the the last, you know, almost year that we've all gone through, it's harder mm, to feel hope. Yeah, It's harder. I find myself having moments where I'm just like, I don't know anymore, man. Like I feel, and and then you, you got to find the source, whatever your source is. Maybe you need a little more sleep. Maybe you need to pray. Maybe you need to, you know, do something for yourself for a moment. Let your body settle mm. down. Let your body feel safe for a moment so you can listen to that voice of inspiration. Listen to the voice of hope. Yeah. Listen to that thing that, because we all have it. Yeah. We all have the ability to get bogged down and we all have the ability to rise above it. Yeah. But you can't just force yourself to rise above it, I found. Mm. You, you have to feel, you have to feel it. You have to feel it. Yeah. And how do you feel it? I believe it's by taking care of your basic needs. Mm. The way we can feel hope is by taking care of our basic needs. I know it sounds weird and no. too simple, but enough rest. Are you eating healthy food? Are you drinking enough water? And are you paying attention to your soul? Are you making your soul happy by doing things? Do you love to garden? Do you love to dance? <laughs> you know, what do you love to do that feeds your soul? And then once you've fed your soul, then you can you can be in touch with the hope. You'll feel, yeah. you'll just feel joy for no reason at all. I mean, that's how I experience it. And, and, and it's just, we need, we need reminders. I need the reminder that I'm saying right now, we all need these reminders yeah. again and again. That's probably why church happens once a week. Right. I'm just saying <laughs> we need reminders yeah. on how to be our best selves. We need reminders or, or this world will drag you down, <laughs> I man. Mean, beat you down. The news, the news will drag you down. Oh. All the advertisements that tell you that you need this product, you need that service in order to be happy, it will drag you down. Yeah. Because we live in a wonderful world that happens to be run by money, which I totally get and I love. I live in the best country in the world. Yep. I believe that. However, it does it does run by selling product. Right. And we are sold product by being told that we need it. <laughs> so then we feel like, oh, I'm not, I can't be happy if I don't have that. I'm not happy if I don't have that. I'm not happy if I don't look like that or whatever it is. And we end up believing that stuff and that'll drag you down. Yeah. Gosh. So it, it's so true. It drags you down. Right? And I love what you said about uh, doing the things that your soul uh, finds rest in doing the things that, um, you know, cause so many people, and I find this all the time. Like I ask people, how are you doing? Oh man, I'm just exhausted. You know, I've just been hustling. I've just been grinding. I've just been, and I'm like, why are why are you grinding? Why are you hustling? Well, the reason why is because they want to get to a place where they have enough money or whatever it is so that they can finally rest. Well, maybe that's going to be when they're 65. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you were created for that now. You were created for that now. So like, what does Danica do? Like, like, like what's your soul escape? What, you know, we know that you love math. We know that you love to act. We know, but, but like, give us that thing that you love to do that you, you feel, oh, I'm finally back connected to what I need to be connected to. Well, I will say being a mom, I love hanging out with my child. Yeah. And I love my husband. I love family. And that's all yeah. super important. But that thing that's just for me yeah. is dance. It's okay. Dance. Really? I'll find some, yes, I'll find some random, like I brought my tap shoes. I'm not very good. I brought my tap shoes with me and I'll do like a little, I'll go on, everything's online. Go to YouTube, yes. easy dance routine. And I'll just do it for a half hour. I'll just like mess around or, or, um, or like yesterday I did this, uh, 
salsa workout. Yes. It was like a salsa workout. And so it was a work, it was a cardio workout with like salsa moves in it. Super. And when I'm, when I'm dancing, yeah, it's like, ah, oh, it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's kind of like jumping into a lake. Yeah. You know? Just that feeling. I know, I know. And I know what that thing is for you. Oh, what is that? As thing? I recall. What is that thing? It is. It is. It, right? it is. It is fly yeah. fishing. You know, and what I love about it is that that it's that was something that God created me to do that I didn't even know that I was created to do until I took a risk to go do it. Right? Because so many of us aren't even like dancing. I'm I'm assuming for you, like God created you to dance. Like you're a dancer inside. Are you a professional dancer? No. At least I don't think you are. Maybe you are. You know, I I, okay. I, I, I was on dancing. You are dancing with stars. I was paid to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So, <laughs> you, you you had a few months of being a professional dancer, but besides that, you dance yes. you dance out of the need for your soul to be filled. And so, you're telling me that you have tap dance shoes in a hotel room in Vancouver that you will put on and dance by yourself without putting on on Instagram, without just for you. Yeah. And that just for me. is so. I think I think that's just such a great lesson for people. Because I bet there's a lot of people listening to this right now that are thinking to themselves, what is that thing for me? Like, like I don't know if I even have that thing. So what would you offer to them? To somebody that's hearing this going, well, Carlos goes and fly fishes. Uh, Danica likes to dance. Like, I don't, I don't know what my thing is. How are they going to know? Like, when does somebody know, oh, this is the thing that fills me? You know, I mean, that may be too hard of a question, but. No, but I mean, I'll, I'll tell you how you. Okay. So a lot of us are scrolling a lot, right? Okay. Yep. Yep. A lot of us are scrolling a lot. It's a lot of distraction. And uh, and I'm and I'm gonna say that scrolling a lot isn't necessarily all bad if when you are scrolling and something catches your eye mm. that fills your soul a little bit. There it is. That you listen to that mm. and then put the phone down. Like I'll go on TikTok sometimes and I finally learned how to do do a TikTok correctly. Cause I used to go on TikTok because there's so many funny, awesome insights. You, you actually, actually, before you finish the sentence, you need to follow Danica on TikTok because you're actually hilarious. Like you're really funny on I, TikTok. I, you know, I haven't posted in a while, but my other ones are there still. Thank you. Um, so scrolling, you know, scrolling. So the way I figured out to do TikTok, you scroll yep. until something is like, really funny yeah. or really insightful and then put it down, mm. put it down and let yourself enjoy that moment. That's because good. as you've said, Carlos, you said that we're not meant to take in all these stories, yeah. good and bad. It's overload. Yeah. And that TikTok is totally overload. It's oh, like, yeah. oh my God, this is the ever. Oh my God. It's so right about like <laughs> civil rights. Wait a minute. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> Did you see this funny like lip syncing and it's that fast. Right. And you're cycling through all those emotions so, that fast. And you're thinking like, you're like, what did I just do? <laughs> Have you ever seen two movies in a row? Watch two full-length movies in a row and you don't really remember the first one very well. Right. But you went through all that stuff and now you can't really remember it very well. That's how it is for me. On TikTok, you, sp- you can spend an hour on TikTok and not even realize it. And you have seen up 60 or more yep. videos, yep. experiences, completely distinct, yeah. separate, 60 completely distinct experiences, emotional connections or whatever it is. And in just an hour and you put it down and you're like, Oh wait, what time is it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And what just happened? Who knows? So, so I would say if you're going to scroll, that's fine. Yeah. But once you, you find something that actually impacts you, even if it's, if it's really insightful and it makes you think it makes you kind of feel inspired or, or if it makes you um, laugh a lot, put it down and mm. enjoy that moment. Yes. And then, and then to your point, in terms of finding out, you know, what is that thing that you love? Yeah. You might discover it in a TikTok. Absolutely. You might discover it online somewhere. 
or you might already know what that thing is. And I would suggest that you listen. And this is something I know you talk about in your book, Enter Wild. You enter, you enter rest so so that you can listen to God, so that you can listen to your intuition, whatever you call it, whatever it is for you so that you can listen. And I, I love meditation. I love prayer. And I really think both are about at the end of the day, listening, Mm. clearing your mind so that you can listen. Yes. Um, I've never taken a course on praying and how to pray. When I was little, I thought that praying was asking God for things. Right. And I don't think that's what it is anymore. I mean, I'm sure it's different for everybody and I don't, and I'm totally speaking out of turn right now because I don't know how to talk about prayer even. No, But that's- for me, the most, the most useful stuff for me, and I'd love to hear your take on it, the most useful way of connecting with, you know, God, the higher power, whatever, is to listen and ask questions. So asking questions, not asking for things, but asking questions like, how can I best you know, navigate the day. What, what can I do for my, for my soul? And then just listen. I, and it might not come to you the first time you do it, but just, I feel like we have, we know so much and we are so connected and we don't, and we're so distracted that we can't hear it. There's too much noise. There's too much noise, but I know that it's there. It is. If we just listen. Yes. And that is universal across every religion, every spirituality, everything you've ever read about seems mm. to all have that in common. Well, it does. And, and, that is a spiritual discipline that so many people don't have anymore. And it's, and it is, and it is because of this six inches of LCD, I believe that we carry around in our pockets. We don't know how to listen anymore. We don't know how to stand still anymore. We don't know how to, and prayer, you're right, is not asking for things solely. Sure. There's ways to pray and to do that, but I believe it's a conversation. And in order for it to be a conversation, you have to ask, and then you have to listen, right? Like, it, this is what we're doing right now. We're actually demonstrating what prayer looks like right now. You're talking, I'm listening. Then I hear what you have to say. Then I talk and you listen. This is what it's supposed to be, you know? And I feel like the more we can get into that spiritual practice, the better, um, the more hope filled we're going to be, you know, the more hope uh, you're going to have, the more hope I'm going to have. When we just allow, again, content to just consume us, that's coming from a digital space, I just, I don't believe we're our best selves. I don't believe that we can um, uh, exist the way that we're supposed to. So that's a good word. You keep preaching sermons. I'm telling you, someone's going to hear this podcast and be like, I know Danica maybe maybe didn't grow up this way, but we're going to ask her to come preach at our church next Sunday because you've got a word in you. That's so good. <laughs> oh you know, every, every, well, I shouldn't say every Monday, just about every week, sometimes on Mondays, I do yeah. McKellar Motivational Monday. And I've come yeah. to understand that's kind of what I'm doing yeah. is I find some topic and I think I know what I'm going to talk about tomorrow or Tuesday. But I, I mean, I work full days on this movie, so I'm not sure how sure. to fit this in. But there's this um, this idea that I had a while back, uh-huh. uh, and, and then it's been it's been coming back around. Um, and that is that when you're on a roller coaster ride, that you can either hold on, yep, and in fear, or you can let go and say "wee," yes, and you have this option. We have this option, and I did, I did a motivational Monday about this probably two years ago now. I'm sure it was, it was a while ago, well before, like a year before the pandemic. And there's a TikTok these days where, and it's, the sound is we, we, we. And it's really funny. People are using different videos on the sound. And some of them are like, you know, jumping off of things, like jumping off. Dog jumping in the snow. snow. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and then today, do you know Kel Williams? I don't. Um, I think, gosh, I think I'm getting his name right. He was on, um, he's, he's an awesome guy. Kel, Kel, Kel Mitchell. Kel Mitchell. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. You know who that is? Yeah, I know who that is now. 
Okay, good. So he, um, yes, yes, yes. Cal, Cal Mitchell. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, so he, he's on Instagram and he does these little sermons or whatever. And I didn't know that. I discovered one of them today and I was listening to it. And um, he was doing it on the idea of we. Oh my God. I was like, oh my gosh. And about the TikTok thing, I'm like, I need to do one on that again because it's so great. He didn't bring up the roller coaster analogy. I typed it in a couple of times, but it wasn't seen. Okay. Um, the idea that of uh, he, he, his whole thing was, we need to live in joy. Yeah. More. We were meant to live in joy. Yes. And so he's like, you know, little kids, you always hear them saying, we, you know, they're being thrown up in the air. And he's like, I want to hear more adults saying, we. That is so, so this is you, good. This is you, Kel. Yeah. And so, but then, but the analogy of the roller coaster that we have this choice between, because there's a lot going on to make us fearful, yep. you know, and even I, I, I hate to say it, but I really believe that the news has realized over time that the more fearful people are, the more they're going to watch because yes. they feel like they need to. Yep. And unfortunately now that means we have a news media that tries to make us afraid of everything. And they're doing a pretty good job. Very good job. So with all this stuff to be afraid of that we're being told to be afraid of, and it probably is legit. And in some ways, hopefully not as bad as they're saying it. Um, we have a choice. Do we want to live in gripping fear all the time? Mm. Cause that's what we're kind of being told to do. Yeah. And uh, that just can't be right. That can't be right. So how about, the other option of being like, all right, let's throw our hands up. We're going to let go, let go, let go, let go, let God, and we see what happens. <laughs> we, you know. know, gosh, what, what I love about what you just said is this is what I started thinking about. You're right. Like kids are the only ones who say we, and why is it? Because they just have this childlike faith. They've got this childlike um thing inside of them where, where they're going to enjoy the moment, even if they're in the midst of, of madness, right? So what I love about what you're saying is, yes, like saying we doesn't change the fact that maybe you're going through a hard time. Uh, say, you know, enjoy, right. enjoying a moment doesn't change the fact that maybe, yeah, you've got a diagnosis or you've got something that you're that's really hard, but that doesn't take away from the opportunity that you have to still enjoy life even inside of 2020, 2021, we can still say we. As, as adults, we can still have joy. Yeah. Yeah, like how do we, how do we, and this is a question that I would ask in prayer. How do we, how do I see this as an adventure? Yeah. You know, how do I honor this experience that's going on right now as an adventure? Yeah. And not just close up. Yeah. You know, because there's so much, we are all presented with all kinds of challenges all the time. All, <laughs> like all the time. Ventures thrown upon us. Yeah. All the time. And, and I will just share that for people looking at celebrities thinking, oh, well, they don't really have any problems. I don't share my major problems online. Right. I don't bum people out. I got stuff going on. I'm not, you know. Yep. I mean, I think I told some of it to you, Carlos, but I'll tell you later if you want. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about this because it's it's a drag, and and uh, we need to lift each other up. Yeah. So well, you know, and I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, the the fact that you even said that so that people can know that, yeah, like like Danica McKellar has things in her life that that are suffering and, and, and that, you know, she's, she still is able to find joy as an adult. Uh, you know, this is something I'm going to take from this conversation that I think all the time is we all always just hear the term jump for joy, right? Like, like, Oh, that, mm-hmm. that, that makes you jump for joy. But honestly, when is the last time that whoever's listening to this actually leapt? Like, like there was air between your, the bottom of your feet and the earth because you were so excited about something that you leapt. And so like in my head, I'm thinking, okay, after what I just heard Danica say, this week, I'm going to make sure that I find something to do 
that is going to possibly propel me to leave the earth for 0.2 seconds and have air between <laughs> me and the earth. I want to jump for joy. That's I want to say we. I want to we I, I want that feeling. Um and I'm telling you, you just me. Yeah. Okay, Carlos, yeah. you don't have to wait for something to happen. Okay. Well tell me what do you mean? I can't I I would, just do it I right now. Suggest- we invite you to jump up in the air and say we for no reason at all because the true the truest bliss is the bliss that we find where we don't have to have a reason to okay. feel it. Otherwise it's conditional, right? It's not we don't want conditional joy, we want unconditional joy. And that lives inside us all the time if we access it. Oh my god. And you can I'm preach, no, sorry. Right? No, I'm just saying so, preach. So don't worry. I'm just yeah. on the front row yelling and throwing my shoe at you. Keep going. Yeah, no, um, no, but, um, but that's, that's the, the there, there's, there's a, there's an exercise called the I'm so excited exercise that I saw somewhere on some blog at some point. Yeah. And I've also done motivational Monday about where you think of something that you want and you and you just, you just feel the excitement for having it already. Yeah. Now that is conditional in a way, but it's the, the, the same message is there. You don't have to wait to have the thing that you want. Yeah. Um, before you can feel excitement and love and joy yeah. in your heart. And you can even just sort of act as if. Yeah. Right? Like do these try these exercises. Try jumping up in the air. Try dancing when you don't feel like it. Try saying wee and try putting yourself, you know, as an actress, I put myself in other situations in my head all the time. That makes me a crazy person, maybe, but okay, <laughs> whatever. You know, pretend, you know, act as if. And if we can act as if, then we actually do connect with the universal joy. Yeah. We connect with it. And then I feel like God, the universe gives you reasons to have that joy once you feel it. Remember that yeah. sh- remember that movie, The yeah. Secret? Remember that whole thing? There's something, yeah, there's something universal. There's, uh, there's just universal stuff out there. And that's what I like. That's what I really pay the yeah. most attention to. When there's a concept that's in religions, that's in the spirituality world, that's, that 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 all feels the same. Yeah. And that is yeah. you don't wait for good stuff to happen to you to feel joy. That's one of yeah. the, that's one of the universal messages that I've, that I've seen. That is, that is it's powerful there. stuff. It's there for us. Yeah, no, that is, that is powerful stuff. You know, um, gosh, I, I am, I'm literally going to, when I'm done with this, I'm going to walk upstairs. My family's going to think I'm crazy. Cause I'm just going to jump as high as I can. And I'm going to say we at the same time, because we deserve to feel joy. No, I don't think we should wait, Carlos. We should. Can you stand up? I'm going to you go off camera. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to stand up. We're going to do it right now. Okay, and well, everybody listening, I want you to do it right now. Yeah. I want you to put your phone down Talk or put whatever it. is down and find yourself a spot. And we're going to we're gonna say one, two, three, we, and we're going to jump up in the air, okay? okay? And I don't care if you feel silly. Yeah. Who cares, right? This is one of my one of my you, <laughs> things you know about me, Carlos. I'm just not a cool person. I'm no, not cool. I love I can it. be silly. You're and quirky. That's, this is it. <laughs> count us count. All right, let's do it, right? Okay. Three, two, one. <laughs> that was amazing. That was that was all amazing. Right, so I've got really whole low line. low ceilings, and that was all. I almost injured myself, but that was Danica. That was uh, I honestly for for your first time on the Human Hope podcast. Um, that that's the perfect way to go out right there. We are we are all going to jump up and now. But the the problem for you is going to be that um, myself and everyone else included is going to want you to come back on the show. I would love to come back anytime, Carlos. It's a, it's a selfish, it's a great excuse to just to get to chat with you. So thanks, friend. Thank you, Danica, so much from the Human Hope Familia. The beautiful thing is, Danica actually told me. She said, Carlos, I want to be a regular. I think maybe Danica can be like our Hollywood hope dealer. She lives out in Hollywood. 
Uh, Danica is just going to be our Hollywood hope dealer. We're, we're always getting the bad news from Hollywood. I'm going to have Danica be like our, our field correspondent for hope in Hollywood because she is bringing and finding the hope. So thank you, Danica, uh, for showing us exactly what it looks like to fight for things, what it looks like to feel strongly about things, but also how it is that you can care for your soul in the middle of hard, hard things. Ah, oh, we've got, we, 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 we're down three. We got three of these bad boys down. Again, what I would love for all of you guys to do is to please subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform it is. And something that really helps get the podcast in front of a lot of other people is if you rate and review it, especially if you guys are up on Apple Podcasts. It only takes about 15 seconds. You can do it right now. Click on the podcast and make sure that you rate it. If you love it, rate it five stars. I would love that. Uh, And leave a review. That way we can continue to build that review database. And Apple loves that. And more than likely when that happens, they can put it in the new and noteworthy section and we can get even more eyes on these conversations that are propelling people towards hope. Next week, I will finally be back home in Nashville, Tennessee, after 17 days on the road. People, I'm tired. I'm ready to, I'm ready to do a podcast. I haven't done one of these podcasts. We're three episodes in. I still haven't done one at home. I've been on the road for all these things. And so I can't wait to get back there. I will see you guys on Instagram, Insta family. Uh, by the time I get home, spring is going to have sprung in my front yard and backyard, which means hopefully Lala, my Robin and Dennis and Anita, my bluebirds will be busy building their nests, getting ready for their first brood of eggs. And I will be documenting all those things on Instagram. So if you want to get into backyard birds, listen, follow me every single day on Instagram, especially in this spring season. I'm going to make you fall in love with the cute little robins that are building nests all around my property. And uh, and we're going we're gonna to be rooting for these eggs, rooting for these baby chicks. We're doing it every single day over on my Instagram. I even have a bird podcast episode that's coming later on this spring. And I am convinced that is going to be the most popular podcast episode because so many of you guys are bird lovers as well. From Seattle, Washington, this is Carlos Whitaker saying thank you so much for being a part of Human Hope and we will see you next Thursday, same time, same place for another episode of Human Hope.